1: Welcome back to Breakfast with the Kiwis. You're with Jackson Franz here, stepping in for Jordan Canalis over the next few weeks or so. And our next guest here is South Island racing commentator, Matthew Cross, and he'll discuss the Ricketer meeting with Butch Castles. Matthew, good morning to you.
0: Yeah, hey, guys. Great to be back on your show once again. A little bit of an overcast day here in Christchurch today. I know that a lot of the remainder of the country are is, is copping it weather-wise, but we seem to have got away with it so far. soft seven-track, there tomorrow, which is somewhat of an improvement from the last couple of meetings. Hopefully the rain stays away and the running rail back in the true position. So what that means is there's about four metres of new ground, which is available if it's worth going there obviously, uh, along the inside of the track. Eight race programs, so yeah, I think there's a couple of fairly tricky betting races there tomorrow, so turnover should be okay and uh, looking forward to the Great Easter Stakes.
2: Yeah, g'day, Matt. Looking forward to uh, the card. A couple of nice stakes races. Let's start in race two. Uh, look, there's a horse in here that I reckon's got plenty of uh, ability. Taimari Diva. They bought it north, one at Awapuni. Uh, ran second last time. Classic Diva was good last time. The other two in the market.
0: And I think they should really dominate, shouldn't they, Butch? The only other one really is Establishment who is second up and potentially looking for maybe a little bit more sting out even than a, than a soft seven. Classic Diva or the very potent Kelvin and Amy Tyler combination. Their team, they just grew a leg when they came up here last time. And, look, I, I just wonder if that is something to do with where they train. They, they probably train their horses on, on dead to worst ground and the most down there in the deep south. So they came north and they copped the heavy track last time far better than anything else really on the day. And Classic Diva was one of those. Kylie Williams is informed. There's a lot to like about it. Bookies can't split them. I think you're right about Taimati Diva. She may even get out to 2,000 metres and beyond. She's a a grouse-looking horse who is going to continue to develop through the season, and the triple way is probably going to bring her on as well. So those two, you can expect a horse like Colossal to be setting the running. He's number five in the book. He generally goes forward, and this sort of surface will really suit him as well with the 1800, so he could be a nice top three, top four play. But I would be surprised if one of Classic Diva or Marty Diva weren't fighting to finish out, Butch.
2: Yeah, Diva Diva. Righto, race five, Berkeley Stud Champagne Stakes a little bit of interest in uh, here with a a small share in the one Coo Cullen. uh, Tripped up by the very heavy conditions last time. Pleased to see the track will be better. Uh, Whether, as you say, the one draw will be an advantage or a disadvantage, don't know. And back at level weights, thought he was some chance of turning the table on Penvo's lad. But Penvo's lad was super impressive last time.
0: He was butch, but to be fair to, to Cullen, there was plenty of merit in his run. He, he got a bit of a squeeze when he was going to find himself in a fairly good position and running and may have even found himself with the opportunity to come out rather than in if he had have been able to to keep that run. But he got decked by another horse who just wasn't racing tractable at all, which meant that for Three quarters of the race, he was in the ground which was less superior than that of Penbo's lad, who was just able to go through his gears a lot easier than what Coo Cullen was. A lot of the horses there at that last meeting who were in that strip that Coo Cullen was forced to race in didn't really quicken. A lot of them looked as though they were going up and down in one spot in the later stages. So I thought he did quite well to kick on. Barrier one, you're right, it, it's going to be really good or, or really bad for him. Penvo's lad is likely to go forward again off barrier number four. But I think if Widmer Pin, if the track's playing on the inside, then he's the horse you want to be on. If it's not, then Whittemoe is going to have to be pretty crafty to be able to get him out and, and get him in clear air. I think he's the sort of horse, Butch, and you'll probably be able to elaborate a little bit more being a part owner, but he does look as though he wants a bit of room and, and a little bit of time to, to wind up. So, Hopefully, from barrier one, he can get that. Get Funky was a surprise winner on the tote last time, but the Vista later stable, obviously, you've got to respect them when they, they come south as well. But, again, I think it might be a two-horse race.
2: Mm. Race six of Janet Francis. Here, I thought this was a competitive race. I had absolutely no idea which way to go here, other than I thought La Bella Nera was good when winning.
0: Yeah, I can't help you here, Butch, to be quite honest with you. There's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of chances here. You, you go forward horses, uh, Sacred Giant, Divine Die, Papa Gina, and probably a La Ballonera who might be able to work across, and, and she could be the one you want to be on. She's got the 54 kilos, which is a decent advantage over some others. I was mildly surprised that they put up Express Copas the favourite. Yes, she won well last time, but it's a considerably stronger field than what she met at a most recent start. I'd love to see Golden Harvest get back into winning form. He's got four kilos off his back third up, which there's a fair bit to like about that. And of the others, look, you could make a case for that top three, top four market for the majority of the field. Blue Vane from the Adrian Bull stable as well. Always respect them. But if you're looking for something in front and if the pattern of the day is up on speed, then a horse like La nearer, should be able to work forward and, and put herself in a good spot but it is a tricky, tricky race
2: Yeah, sure is as is the next I reckon uh, the Daphne Bannon Memorial Great Easter Stakes so many chances here Tope struggling to well the bookie's struggling to sort it out Avaquinella and Burnview are both uh, well in the market as is the radiant one who seems to continue to find one better interesting if it is up and in then feeling the power fresh up might be a chance
0: Yeah, and he's very hard. Well, well, I wouldn't say he's a hard horse to get past. He's not hard to get past, but he's hard to hold off once you get past him. He he often will let the other horses get a half a length in front, and he's caught me out a couple of times where I've written him off as a winning chance, and then he's lifted off the canvas, and he's pretty much beaten this whole field. Fresh up could be a bit of a concern, and there's not too much market confidence around him, feeling the power, but in terms of a horse who was very willing... He's one of the best. He's he's one of the most willing horses racing in Canterbury at the moment. Live Drama has the 60 kilos. Will that be enough to stop her? I think with the six-kilogram pull, her stablemate, one of two in the race, two other stablemates from the Lance Robinson base, Abba Quinella, can probably turn the tables on her. I think she's the sort of horse that does need the right tempo, Butch, and the right run into the race, Abba Quinella. But I think that that most recent effort from her over Shorter should really sharpen her up. The Radiant one gets in with 54 as well. Burnview is very consistent. And then unusual counties from the Fraser or Red Stable. It seems to me as the one that there is just that element of market confidence around. And Barry, number one, could find itself in a good spot. Another even betting race, Butch. I'm I'm picking that if you spend $20 and you can get the late quaddie for 100%, then you've done very, very well. I'm picking you might have to spend about 10 times that much if you want to get 100
2: Yeah, you would need a bit of a spread, all right. Maybe the first leg, as you said, might be one and two, but from there, it gets very, very tricky. I don't think it gets any easier in the last either, Matt, the Norwood Farm Machinery. Uh, Towards the top, the Aeron and uh, the likes of JBG have uh, got support and had support, but, uh, gee, it's a tough, again, big field and plenty of chances. Yeah,
0: I like a couple here. I'd like... Two of the three Lance Robinson runners, Annalise, first of all, is $11 into $8. She was very powerful last time, and she looks like she's a horse that will cop any distance and any sort of ground. She is likely to settle midfielder a little worse, but I think she can get over top of them. And the run of Y Hora missed first up. Tina Komaniahi on, wide gate, that's OK, she'll get back. And if they are just starting to come to that outside portion of the track late in the day, I reckon she's the one you want to be on in the get-out stakes. She's currently nine and three dollars with us over here at the TAB. Tina Komaniahi on, second up, Lance Robinson, his team is going very well at the moment. And I would just give her some sort of favour at the price. So why Hora missed would be the get-out horse in the last.
2: Brilliant, that's what we need. A couple of uh, to throw into the quarry at nice prices. And both of them out of the Lance Robinson Stable. who might have a big day, as you said. Got plenty of chances in one of the features, the Daphne Bannon Memorial Great Easter Stakes. Thanks for your time, Matt. Good calling there at Rickerton Park. Some good racing. And hopefully you can get Kukulin home for us in the Champagne Stakes.
0: Yeah, I'll be hoping so, Butch. He looks as though he's a horse that might even get a bit better through his three-year-old campaign as well who seems a fairly genuine customer so good luck to you and the team and we'll uh, catch you next time thanks for having me on
2: thanks thanks matt thanks for your time
1: that's matthew cross there previewing the Ricketon meeting butch as i mentioned in the intro it does promise to be a fantastic days racing there in new zealand is there any standout um, bets for the day for you in tarapa in race six the mark walker train viva vienna looks awfully hard to beat there in the two-year-old contest
2: yeah, she does. She'll be, uh, she'll be very competitive. She was good resuming. It's a strong race. It really is. Uh, we talked to Stephen Marsh. He gave his three all a bit of a push. Even the first starter mow it down with a big crowd of supporters and ladies in the syndicate coming to watch her on debut and stakes company. Solidify though was very good. Gee, it looks like lightning may have struck twice for the Rogerson stable and a son of Redwood. He was super good last time, last week here over the course and distance. If he gets a similar type of run and is able to unleash at them late in the race, he'll take all sorts of holding out. He does look like he is... Very good out of a reduced choice mare. So he's the one they have to beat uh, for me in the Waikato Equine Veterinary Centre stakes. Solidify number one, super last week and no reason why he can't double up and get the job done here. Thought there were some really interesting betting races across the card with us and uh, none more so than race number seven, a really competitive rating 65 race. Tons of chances, but I did like the way Poor the Wine's been racing Really, really consistent. Uh, 1,400 last time. Back to 12 on a wet track. Won't worry. And I thought that it was a chance at a nice price. Race seven, number nine, pour the
1: wine. Thanks for your time this morning, Butch. That's all we've got time for on Breakfast with the Kiwis. Up next is the odds couple with Simon O'Donnell, David Taggart, as well as Josh Jenkins. And you can always listen to us on your local podcast provider.